0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Have you joined our Facebook group yet? Because if you haven't, I want you to get in there. We have been talking a lot about figuring out how to grow and scale once you kind of lay the groundwork on your purpose and your mission. I've seen a lot of conversations going on with that in there right now. And so if that is where you may be, you want to pop on in there. You can go to facebook.com slash Groups, I think, slash the Influencer Podcast to get in on that free group and to soak up all of the awesome knowledge that's in there. Now, Kelsey Patel, who is our guest today, is one of LA's leading wellness and Reiki experts, and she is most importantly an expert in burnout. That was what was kind of predominantly the basis of today's conversation, how to really be able to check in with yourself when you're having burnout, what happens when you're having burnout, how to use Reiki, which Kelsey is certified in, during burnout, during that feeling of chaos, what listening to your body can actually do for your business, and really how to heal yourself from burnout. Now, Kelsey went from working on Capitol Hill in the U.S. Senate for four and a half years, and then she was a director of crisis PR for a Fortune 500 company. So you know that she has been in those high paced, high stress environments. She talks about how she was able to pivot and what that really did, not only for her life, but for her business, um, and for her wellness and, um, mindset business that she has now. Her new book, Burning Bright, Rituals, Reiki, and Self-Care to Heal Burnout, Anxiety, and Stress is now available, which we'll also be talking about today. And that information is in the show notes. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Kelsey. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm honored to be here.
0: Yes. Um, so I want to just dive on into, um, your journey of really going from Capitol Hill to, you know, crisis PR to now being one of the leading wellness and Reiki experts, um, and spiritual coaches. Um, that's, that's a vast transition. Um, and so I would love for you to kind of share what that journey was like and why that journey happened.
1: Yeah, of course, um, you know, so I grew up in North Dakota, I grew up in a very traditional Irish Catholic mother, a Norwegian sort of non-emotional bearing father. Um, everyone sort of just believed and sort of had this philosophy of contributing through your work in the world, and that work really had a strong um, association with your value. And so I started working when I was 12 years old. I had full-time babysitting jobs in the summer where I was up at 7.30 a.m. and home at 5 p.m., um, worked at Subway Sandwich Shop when I could get my first legal job at age 14. And so, you know, my whole life, I really grounded and rooted in my this idea that my value came from work and from doing. And so that sort of carried with me for better and for worse throughout my journey. And um, I've always loved politics. I went to school in Boston, got a degree in international relations, and went to Capitol Hill right after. I was so excited and um, thrilled to be working on Capitol Hill. And at that time, my mother was going through some very um, severe bouts of depression. And we had sort of seen this happen on and off throughout my childhood and teenage years. And we just never really talked about it and never gave it any emotional, emotional weight or energy. And so while I was working in the Senate, I would get calls from my mom in like the psych ward or just these crazy scenarios and experiences. And it started to manifest as back pain. And I never realized that stress can create physical pain in the body. I I wasn't aware of that. I didn't know that. To be honest, I probably didn't even believe that. And so I worked on Capitol Hill for four and a half years. I drank a lot of red wine (laughs) at night and I took a lot of Advil to try to combat my pain. Um, And what I didn't realize was also very, very crippling anxiety. Um, And that just burned me out. And I had multiple jobs when I worked in the Senate. I bartended, I taught dance on the side, I danced in a company. Like one job was never enough for me. Um, And I look back and see that I was really deeply avoiding emotions and being by myself. I had a toxic relationship. So kind of the list goes on and I needed a whole new fresh start. So I moved to Los Angeles with a friend and started working for a big Fortune 500 company doing crisis PR. Traveling almost every week on a plane and had no idea that, again, my pain, my back pain and anxiety were really like fueling everything. Um, I couldn't even talk to somebody without thinking about my back pain. So I was never really present. And obviously, as, it, as luck would have it, I lived in LA and I still do, but you know, there's a lot of more woo-woo practices out here. And I started trying a lot of them because I was super desperate with my pain and they started to help. And I quit that job, opened up a Pure Bar studio and opened up several Pure Bar studios because I thought being an entrepreneur would be awesome and help me alleviate this pain and anxiety and it just made it worse. <laughs> um, and really when I owned pure bars, I finally realized that I was the common denominator and that if my pain was going to go away and my anxiety was going to not maybe ever go away or diminish completely, but if I was going to get a handle on it, I needed to change up my lifestyle. And that was when I found Reiki or I guess Reiki found me and. I've just been following that path ever since. Um, I know that's a long story. I hope it doesn't bore your audience. But um, just to say that there's not always a linear path to healing, and mine was very much an all-over-the-place path to get to where I am today.
0: What do you think gave you the courage or the wherewithal to listen to yourself, to listen to your body, to listen to your, your pain, mind, body, and spirit, and know that you needed to make that shift? honestly desperation i mean i was like there i always have this
1: image where i was on a plane with my at the time fiance my now husband and we were flying somewhere like fabulous for a vacation and my head was in like the seat in front of my plane seat and there were tears just streaming down my face because i was in so much pain and i mean i really questioned how long i wanted to keep living life with that kind of physical back pain Um, and now I know that I'm not alone. I had no idea. I thought I was very isolated in my experience of back pain and of anxiety. And, um, with the teaching that I get to do now, I know that I'm actually, that I was not alone in that pain.
0: Mm, And tell us a little bit about that. Um, how, you know, why Reiki? Well, first I would love for you to explain why Reiki for you and then kind of go into what exactly is that and how can it help someone heal? How can it help someone accept? How can it help someone get the support that they're looking for, get the clarity that they're looking for, and really just get the stillness that I think everyone needs?
1: Yeah, that's a great word for it. Um, So Reiki for me, because I honestly, I was trying as many things as possible and I had done this wellness event at my pure bar studio, and a friend of mine who's an incredible esthetician um, said, "Oh, do you mind? I'll bring my Reiki master, and she can do Reiki on people." And I was like, "What? I'd never heard of it." <laughs> um, and I wasn't—I really wasn't into all the woo-woo stuff at all. I was very pragmatic. I liked was a very type A person, um, which was why I loved bar classes because <laughs> you can be very controlling, like down an inch, up an inch, um, and. When I saw the woman doing reiki on people her hands were hovering around their head and I was like this is bullshit and the woman invited me though to her office for a session as a thank you and I went and I couldn't I I couldn't describe it or understand it from sort of the right brain perspective but I did realize that when I walked out of the session I felt lighter and I felt a sense of peace that I hadn't ever been able to fig- find on my own So I started to go back every week, even though I was um, pretty much a skeptic about it. I just was trusting the way that it made me feel, even though I couldn't see it or understand it from a very black and white perspective. Um, And I kept going back and I would go every week and then I decided to get certified in her Reiki level one training, just so I could do it on myself. And as things would go, that's why, that's sort of how it went, led to Reiki two, Reiki three, Reiki master teacher. And for me, the beauty of Reiki, I mean, I teach it now all over the world, um, both certifications and also just teaching people in workshops, how to do it on themselves without needing to get certified. And to me, Reiki matters and Reiki heals and Reiki supports and helps because it's the ultimate practice of surrender where you're letting yourself unravel and release all the control mechanisms of wanting to control basically everything like all many of us do. Um, And you're really allowing yourself to open up to something greater than you to bring about balance and harmony into mind, body, and spirit.
0: And how does this allow for that idea to fall into other aspects of your life? (laughs) It's
1: really incredible, right? It's like you make one small change in your life, that micro that micro shift becomes the outlook of the macro of your life's experience. And so you know, finding yourself, whether or not you receive Reiki from someone or you try it on yourself or however the however the way, I feel like people start to have a shift in their experience and in their perspective. And then it gives them a new lens to look through all of the other parts of their life. Maybe not immediately and maybe not all parts of their life, but these little micro moments might become, you know, it might be as simple as, Oh, I'm going to take five minutes to just sit outside and listen to the birds and look at the trees and just be in, as you said, stillness for a few minutes. And then that carries into the next moment and that carries into the next moment and so on.
0: business for sponsoring the show. And what could someone who's never had a Reiki session, what could they expect from that first time? Because I I think for people that have never done it, they're like, am I going to, do you touch me? Do you not touch me? Am I going to feel something? Am I going to, you know, levitate into the middle of the room and fly away? What is going to happen?
1: All of the above. Um, no, so a Reiki session, a typical Reiki session, and and by the way, every person who practices Reiki um, is going to approach their session differently because we're all unique individuals, and everyone has their own way of connecting and tapping into this this energy source so but how reiki is performed is we use our hands the palm chakras so we have chakras all over our body most people are used to the seven chakras that you've probably seen depicted in a picture in a yoga studio or you've seen on the cover of a book or somehow you've probably seen those seven chakras going down the center of the body We have many other chakras on the body, and two of them are on the palms. And so Reiki practitioners have trained and learned how to connect to this universal energy source. Again, always Reiki, the intention is to bring about balance and harmony. It's not to heal. It's not to manipulate. It's not religious. It's really to just connect to this universal energy source to bring balance and harmony to the recipient. And so When you go in for a Reiki session, typically the practitioner will ask you a few questions probably just to assess why you came in, what you're hoping for, and then they'll have you typically lay down on a massage table, and they will not and should not be touching most of your body. They may touch your head in the beginning, so we sort of start usually, again, every practitioner will be a little bit different, but we'll start at typically the top of the head and just open up the energy to be able to obviously use some of that balance and harmony and bring it into the mind because that's where a lot of us hold the energy patterns that create the physical disease or dis-ease in the body. And then they'll work their way down the body, typically, again, without touching the whole body. They may touch your feet as they work their way down. And then some practitioners will have you turn over onto your stomach and do a little bit on the back of the body. Um, And some may just work on the front of the body. That's a typical Reiki session. And I'll just add that in the current climate, I don't know when this podcast will air, but there is also something called distance Reiki healing, where you can send Reiki to someone without being in the same physical place
0: as they are. And how does that work if you're not physically together?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So
0: In Reiki training, there's the Reiki
1: One certification training is really just teaching someone how to tap into the source. Um, A lot of the focus is about learning how to Reiki yourself. You may Reiki your family. It's a great tool for moms and dads to have for um, their kids to be able to Reiki. I've certainly Reikied my sons um, in different moments of of health issues, and it's been incredibly powerful and supportive um, and empowering, really. And then Reiki level two, the second level of certification, is where you learn different Reiki symbols, including the distance Reiki symbol. So you're basically tapping into this frequency of energy, and you're calling in the ability for this energy and this Reiki healing to be sent through time and space and location for the recipient. And there's a beautiful um, protocol, if you will, of how to open up that energy channel. And again, as someone who has been the skeptic, (laughs) um, I have the most profound um, examples and experiences, not only with my own clients, but also in having Reiki sent to me from people that I trust to do Reiki on me.
0: And when you do Reiki on yourself, is this something that you have to have training for? Can you take, do you have to be in person to take classes? Could you take virtual classes? How does that work to actually become trained?
1: Yeah. So this is where I may, there may be um, Reiki masters or teachers who listen to your podcast that may disagree with this, but my personal take on it is um, we all have Reiki inside of us. We all have the same way that we all have life force energy inside of us. If you go to a yoga class and they're talking about prana or Shakti rising, or if you're going to an acupuncturist and in Chinese medicine, they talk about the chi, which is life force energy. So that they're moving the chi of the body through the needles. The key of Reiki, the K-I, is the same as all of those. So it's tapping into this life force energy within the body and helping the body to bring balance and harmony. I believe, because I think every practitioner out there would say that, of course, all of us have this ability and capability within us. I personally think that people Should get Reiki One certified if they feel a desire to go deeper or they know themselves well enough to say, you know, I need the actual training and the certification, and I want to have a teacher teach me how to do this. Um, But then I also, in my workshops, I teach people how, in a very easy, quick way, how to tap into this energy source to begin to Reiki themselves so that they just have another tool in their tool belt. I have Many different courses online that I share um, to be able to help people start tapping into this resource. Um, And even right now, um, I have a course called Reiki 101 with Mind Body Green, um, and it's free for everybody. So, my hope and intention is that people. Who want this or that? It speaks to them. Just open their options up for having another
0: tool in their tool belt of healing. Amazing! I love that. So as we dive more into this idea of energy healing and wellness, and seeing that, I know that you have a new book that's coming out on April 28th. Which yes. congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, what else can we learn in that book to Heal the burnout and the anxiety and the overwhelm and the chaos that a lot of us um, have started to feel this year and will maybe continue to feel as the year progresses.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think we're in a very unique time. And when I was writing this book, obviously, I wasn't writing it in the context of where we are right now. Um, But, you know, there's something to be said about what is. I consider both acute burnout and chronic burnout. And the book was really created for both with this idea that you know a lot of us have learned and picked up over our lifetimes. And by the way, no one is immune to this. We've all picked up and learned from our parents, from society, from you know, things that we don't even know that we are unconsciously um, programming into our minds. Uh, This these ways of interacting with ourselves, with fear, with anxiety, with control, and with the way that we show up in the world. And the book really came from this place of me knowing how I felt when I was going through my pain and anxiety, and not feeling like I had any way of releasing or shifting or even just giving myself other options. So, in the book, I, you know, there's different phases that the book takes the reader through. And it's really intended to sort of root down in science. So there's a lot of statistics in the book about stress and about how it plays a deep role in our overall physical well-being. And that's really important to me because I want to speak to the really successful type A, very capable, very driven person and because that's how I was. And I really thought that I was doing life well, even though I was anxious (laughs) most mornings when I woke up and most nights when I went to bed. And the book talks about the age of anxiety and it talks about, so just getting statistics and information so you can kind of level off with yourself. And then The second part of the book goes into this idea of imprints and how to discover your own personal imprints, whether it's about money or relationships or success or purpose. And then we talk about how to rediscover and reconnect with your sense of purpose, whether it's a purpose for the day or for your life or for a year. Um, And then it's really giving a ton, as many as I can, of the practices and tools and resources that i've both personally used and i've worked used with thousands of clients to start to really develop a deeper sense of trust and innate joy with yourself so that no matter what shows up in your life you are able to really see it for what it is with incredible perspective and awareness And then being able to decide like how you, what you want next, where you want to go next without letting things that just create needless suffering, um, to really help move those, those unnecessary experiences out of your life.
0: And could you share if there's one of the, you know, maybe it's the biggest resource or just the most impactful resource that someone could start using today?
1: Yeah. I mean, first I would say your breath. I mean, I know, and the two things that I talk about with people all the time, if they don't know where to start or they feel overwhelmed with, and I totally get it. All of the media out there, all of the different tools and resources, the two things that I would strongly recommend for everyone is number one, begin with a daily breath practice. It can be three minutes. Um, One of my favorite ones that really helps to diffuse and soften anxiety is just think about the shape of a triangle. And you inhale on one point of the triangle, inhale for a count of three, then go to the next point on the triangle, hold the breath for a count of two, and then go to the next part of the triangle and exhale for a count of five. So it's inhale for three, expand the belly, Hold the breath for two counts, and it can be long, two counts, or short, depending on your breath practice. And then an open mouth exhale for five counts. And as you do that, the extended exhale is helping to calm down the central nervous system. So, if people could even just do that once a day, it could be in the middle of the day to have a reset, that's really going to start to combat that idea of the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system, right? That fight, flight. Um, freeze mode. So we want to just start treating our bodies in a way where we see you only have a certain amount of reserves every day to tap into that that part of you that's able to turn on the fight mode. And we want to give the body as much opportunity to come down from that and to release some of that momentum so that it's not a boiling pot that the lid's going to fly off of, right? It's like you're turning it down to simmer so that if something does come up again and it starts to boil, you have the ability to bring it back down. So that's number one. Number two, I really feel so strongly about people in the morning when they wake up. doesn't matter if you lay in bed and put your hands on your heart or sit up and put your hands on somewhere on your body, your knees, your heart, your head. And this is sort of the idea of sending Reiki to yourself, but it's really Connecting with your physical mind, body, spirit before you start the day. And again, this can be two minutes. It can be 60 seconds. It can be 10 minutes, whatever you want, whatever you have time for, whatever feels good to you. But doing a self check in. And when you do that, to just notice your body, notice your breath, and ask yourself, what's one self loving act that I will do for myself today? And then no matter what your day brings, Just try to make sure that you commit to doing that one thing. It could be as simple as lemon water or turning on a diffuser with an essential oil or going for a short walk, but just this idea of connecting to yourself and your needs and then choosing to make that a priority.
0: I love that Um, and the choice to make it a priority because I think that a lot of times we, it's so easy to get lost in the. you know, I don't have enough time, you know, I've got the kids, I have Mm -hmm. this, I have that, I have, you know, all of the excuses kind of come in. Um, Do you have any kind of tips for, you know, check-ins that we can do throughout the day to combat those types of belief systems that start to roll in?
1: Yeah. And I guess I would ask if you're open to sharing, Julie, uh, what comes up for you during the day? And then I can work with that.
0: Yeah. um, Let's see. So days that I am not in acceptance, um, you know, and I'm playing kind of more of the, the victim, you know, of, you know, I can't, I, I have no control. I can't control my thoughts and feelings. Um, it's probably that idea of I'm having to do everything and no one's helping me. Mm,
1: I love that. Okay. And I think so many of us have that same experience every day. So you're not alone, even though, Our egos somehow make us feel so isolated and unique um, in our experience of that feeling. So a couple of the things that I would recommend for that is number one, like take a break. Even when your brain tells you that you have no time to take a break, challenge it that is the first way to start to get out of the mouse wheel, right? It's like this mouse just running on a wheel all the time. And it believes that somehow it's better off running all the time. And that's just not true, right? We know even about workouts, how important recovery is. It's the same thing with how we approach ourselves, our brains, our bodies, and our days. So take a break. It could be a 60 second break where you literally turn a timer on your phone. It could be, I recommend, of course, more of like a five to 10 minute break where you can set an alarm on your phone and just walk out, make yourself a glass of water, get something, get some vitamin D if you can step outside for a few minutes, but you have to change your physical mind's location and your physical body's location in order to change your perspective. Does that
0: make sense? It does. That totally makes sense. And I mean, I even noticed that today. It's the first really nice day in Tennessee where I live and just having that sunshine. I I got to go outside. I got to listen to the wind and the birds and I did a a quick five minute meditation because that's the block of time that I had. And it just, it, it allowed me to get so much stillness and to just breathe. And it was like, what a, what a difference five minutes in the sun can make.
1: Exactly. Like we, we so often forget how many things are actually out there that are supporting us beyond what, again, our brain tells us. And so like mother earth is here to support us and, and we can obviously support her back, but you know, little things like that. And then the two other things I want to say to this is Also being willing to be vulnerable and to share. I have this group of um, four other girlfriends and we all have this text chain and we text each other all the time, daily, regardless of of whether or not we're quarantined or or not. And it's the most loving, supportive group. And so if you have one friend or a couple friends and you want to create that chain of like, hey, can we just do like more of like a regular check-in with each other every day. And we send each other silly videos. Like nobody gives a shit. There's no filtering on this text chain. We pray for each other. If one of us is going through something really hard, most of us have kids as well. um, And we will be like able, we're able to, tell each other what we are feeling or what we're needing. And then we're all collectively s- showing up to support each other. That has been one of the most fundamental and supportive things in my life um, over this past year. And I recommend it so much for everyone. Because really, that's, a, that's what you're saying. And that's what all of us need. is just a feeling that we are not alone and that we are supported. Mm. Um, and then the, the next thing is, the final thing is, is you know, just this idea of doing a check-in with yourself because the ego has, again, a tendency to get carried away with what is, quote-unquote, crucial and so important. And I have this philosophy with myself. I don't always practice it. I try really hard to. <laughs> but I really check in and ask myself, like, is this absolutely necessary right now? Or can this actually wait? Or maybe even on a day like today, Julie, You need to cancel a podcast recording so that you can go outside for an hour and enjoy the sunshine. And guess what? When each of us starts to show up to our authentic needs and desires, we actually then all create this, it's a ripple effect. We all then get permission to do that for ourselves regularly so everyone can be showing up from a more happy, healthy, balanced perspective. And I know that that's not always the case for everybody, but I just want to share it because so much of, I think, what has happened in our Western society is that we've all been just fueling off of each other's fumes. <laughs> and these are, we are not living with full tanks of gas. We are all and have all been operating from almost like fumes only. <laughs> and I just want to give new perspectives and new options to people that maybe things aren't as critical and as crucial as your mind is telling you they are. And if you give yourself a break, you might actually be giving someone else a break too. And that's a really beautiful thing.
0: Mm, I love that. And thank you for that reminder of, I I do something similar. I ask my, I'm like, how important is it? Yeah. Um, just every day. And it does allow you to, um, and we have choices. I think that that's a big thing to always remember too, is that a lot of times we feel like, well, we have to do this. Exactly. And the brain, the ego lies, you know, (laughs) like right as
1: much as we want to rely on the ego, the ego will lie to you and it will trick you and it will, um, it will really, it can really disrupt the energy fields in the body. So it's a matter of, just some, just challenging the ego. You know your ego. um, Even you know something as simple as a, t- a text or an email that triggers you, or it triggers an old fear. I just had someone email me recently. I had done a Reiki training, and they just emailed me that they can't pay me right now for the training, which was you know thousands of dollars. And my fear kicked in, and I wanted to have you know like an immediate uh, response of like, okay, but that's money that I. Already earned and you need to know me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I just took a step back and I said, okay, is that true? Like, do I absolutely need this right now? Or am, am I just being defensive and fighting because I have an old fear of things like that happening? And so I think it's also just about taking the pause before you react and respond. So if something really triggers you, it could be any type of feeling just see if you can take a moment to pause or step away from responding. And that has been such a beautiful practice for me personally.
0: Amazing. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for walking us through all of that. Where can we learn more about your book and learn more about the work that you do?
1: Thank you so much, Julie. Um, Yes, so you can go to everything is just my name, Kelsey J. Patel, um, K-E-L-S-E-Y. And uh, my book is on the website. You can pre-order it now and get, um, I'm trying to give as much free stuff and content away. So there's journal prompts and a lot of other goodies for the pre-order of the book. And it'll be the same when it's the actual sale date. There'll be a bonus as well for any order. And on Instagram and all the things, just Kelsey J. Patel.
0: Awesome, well, thank you so much again for being here today and sharing all of this goodness and um if you those listening, if you had any amazing insights or ways that you're thinking differently about your life and your journey, please make sure to share with us either on iTunes as a review or you can screenshot today's episode on Instagram and tag me and hashtag the influencer podcast and let us know what your biggest takeaway was because I love to share your stories on my story as well